Come on, put your hands up. Yeah. Good morning, Next Level Church. So happy to be with you. I want to add on to what my wife said. We do baptisms anywhere, everywhere, but we can also perform marriages anywhere, everywhere. Mobile, efficient right here. So if you decide to get married, just give me a call. We can hook it up. Well, it's such a wonderful time that uh, we had in worship. I want to honor our friends and family from GKM. Come on, let's give them a big hand. Amazing time of worship. Thank you so much. And uh, I got I to gotta mention Sister Ayana especially because many of you might not know, but in my early days, in the late 90s and the early 2000s, if you saw me rapping downtown, it was because Sister Ayana gave me the first opportunities to perform out um, in, in open air concerts and events. So I honor you and I love you. And uh, Sister Nisha, or Shalu, as I know her. <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, so wonderful to, to see all of you. And thank you, New Strong Tower in the house. And of course, Next Level is so grateful because New Strong Tower Church is our family. And uh, together with New Living Ministries, they've helped us to uh, launch this church. So thank you for being here. And we welcome you. And God bless you. Amen. So we are on the series called Revive Me. And the last few weeks we've been talking about how to step into radical revival. God is calling us to step into something brand new, something that is different, something like we've never seen before. And so we've been stepping into that. And I shared with you last week the three weapons to fight the three most tempted temptations in our lives. You can go back and watch. Uh, you can buy the cassette or the, the, the CD at the back. In the bookstore. No, we don't have any of that. We watch us online. I want to welcome all our view viewers on YouTube and online. Welcome. Watching us from Denmark and New Zealand and Sri Lanka and Bruxelles. We want to welcome you, church. Can we warmly welcome them? We have dream teamers from all across the world. So thank you for being part of what God is doing in this house, not only in person but online. So three specific weapons I shared with you last week that God gives us to fight against three of our main temptation. Number one, prayer defeats pride. If you're a note taker, you get priority seating in heaven. Prayer defeats pride, number one. Number two, fasting helps us with lust. Number three, giving defeats greed. And today I want to build on that because those three things helps to strengthen our core. Today I want to talk to you about fuel for fire. Fueling your fire for God and how we can do this practically. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Acts 28, verse 2, 3, and 5. And you can read along with me. You ready? You good? Oh, come on. You know I love an interactive crowd. I got all day. Let's go. Let's read together. The people of the island. I was so tempted to, because I'm an island boy. And some of your Instagram profile says island girl. I was going to break into that song, but then I found out that uh, it's not a good song. So I'm so tempted because I've been singing. <laughs> Please don't sing it because I had to get delivered from that. 
The people of the island were very kind to us. It was what? Cold and rainy. So they built a fire on the shore to welcome us. As Paul gathered an armful of sticks and was laying them on the a poisonous. It's not talking about his best besties there. It's not his friends. You know, because you guys like to call your friends snakes. Driven out by the heat. Bit him on the hand. But Paul shook off the snake into the fire and was unharmed. Fueling your fire. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we welcome you once again. God, we thank you for what you're doing in this house. We thank you that there's no accident, but we thank you for divine appointment. And even today, you desire to speak to us specifically. So God, I give my brothers and sisters and myself included, God, speak to us. Have your way, God. Lord, I put away my planning and my agenda, and I trust on you, Holy Spirit, because only you know what is going on in our lives, and only you know what we need. God, we pray that, God, you would continue to increase our fire for those of us who are already on fire, and for those of us that this is a brand new experience, that, Lord, that you would spark the flame today. Be glorified, Lord Jesus. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Fueling your fire. I'm going to go straight into point number one. Number one, overcome excuses. You can only build fire to the extent that you can overcome excuses of the flesh. Overcome excuses. See, Apostle Paul, he had 99 problems, but excuses were not one of them. He had three major problems in this passage. He, he, number one, his ship was wrecked. It was cold and it was rainy. Paul had disappointments. God didn't deliver him the way God delivered Jesus out of the storm. God didn't deliver him the way Jesus, the, the, the Father delivered others from storms. But he allowed Paul to go through it. God allowed him to lose his ship in the storm. I wonder how many of us have lost your ship. I said ship in the storm. Why would God allow this to happen? Why would God allow me to go through this pain? Why would God allow me to go through this situation? Where was God when I was in the storm? And these are all legit questions. These are all legit emotions that we feel. And you might be battling with that today. And, and, and if we don't address these things in, the, in God's point of view, this can lead us to discouragement and, and complaining and losing heart. Secondly, Paul is building a fire, but there's real reasons why he shouldn't build a fire. Why? Because it was, come on, it's raining. So maybe they should have waited for the rain to go away and then build a fire. I don't know about you, but I, like, I'm not a scientist. I, I barely pass biology. I think the teacher was just nice to me. She's like, I will pass you. Don't ever take it again. Like, please, thank you. I cannot go home and explain this to my parents if I fail biology. Because they, anyway. So fire and rain does not mix. Rain puts out the fire. So the, the circumstance was not ideal. And we might be saying, I can't build a fire. Of course I cannot build a fire. Why? Because it's raining in my life. Oftentimes people say, I can't build on prayer. I cannot build on fasting. I cannot start giving because it's currently raining in my life. 
But what they're saying is, I am currently struggling, so I cannot do this thing that God is asking me to do. I am currently struggling with sickness. I'm struggling with weaknesses. I'm struggling with addictions in my life or certain specific pain I'm going through. What they're really saying is, they are letting the flesh make up the excuse for why they don't build fire. But the Bible says that if you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It doesn't say if you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh, then you can walk in the Spirit. It's actually the other way around. So although you and I, we struggle with pain and, 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 and things of the flesh, but if you choose to build a fire in spite of it, something will happen. The weather will change. You will have supernatural providence. You will be met by God in a supernatural way. And He will give you a supernatural strength to conquer it. He will help you to overcome the lust of the flesh. He will help you because He will give you power. And the power comes from the Holy Spirit. And you will overcome. And you will rise above. And you will stand up and say, look what the Lord has done. In spite of what I've been through and going through. Come on, give God some praise right now. See, it's all excuses, including myself. I'm not saying like this. I'm saying this too. It's all excuses. Reason why we don't pray. Reason why we don't lift our hands. Oh, you know, I'm an introvert. You know, I'm shy. Like, I, I don't like to worship. Like, why is that guy over there jumping during worship? I can't do that. But when somebody cuts you off on the highway, oh, you're very animated. As, uh, hands go up. Like, you cannot raise your hands for God, but you can raise your hand to give hand signals to let the other person know how, how you're feeling. Or even at home, you know, the volume at home sometimes goes like on 11, like the limit is 10, but it goes to 11 sometimes, isn't it? We get pretty passionate. We make excuses not to fast. Oh, I get a headache. Well, me too. Maybe we should drink more water together. Or it's difficult. So is everything else in life that's worth doing. It's difficult. But it's excuses. Check this. Having a manifestation... Or having a supernatural encounter is not going to change your lack of discipline. Getting another deliverance is not going to remove the fact that there's no discipline in your life. You don't have to be a spiritual superstar to, to have a life of discipline. You just have to overcome excuses. Excuses come at you and you just punch it in the face. Excuses come at you, you just punch it in the face. I want to challenge you this week, when excuses come, just punch it in the face. If you beat excuses, you will find your fire. If you beat excuses, you will find the flame. If you beat excuses, you will find the desire for God. If you beat excuses, you will get your passion for God again. If you beat excuses, you can remain in revival fire. We look up to all these spiritual people and we're like, man, we could never be like that. Like Heidi Baker, like I said last time. Heidi Baker is like the Baconator. And I'm just the junior chicken. I could never be. No, the difference between us and all the spiritual superstars, they're not more special than you. They're just better at beating excuses. They're better at not entertaining excuses. You can get better at it too. Amen? If you agree, say an amen. Ride the bus. Come on. Come on, church. It's time for us to rise above the excuses. You can fast longer than you think. You can get up earlier to pray. 
you can stay up a bit later to spend time with God. It is okay because you can get off social media for a day or for an hour. You are not going to have an allergic reaction if you sow into the local church 10%. The government grabs, by the way, fact, they grab more than 10% without asking your permissions. You don't go fight with them, so what's up with that? We got to stop accepting the lies of the enemy. We got to stop accepting the limitations that the enemy has put in our lives. And we think this is the way I'm born. This is the way it is. This is my circumstance. This is, the, this is it. But make a decision today that you're going to be a disciplined Christian. Think it, you say it, you believe it until you become it. God is calling us to follow him. You got to make a decision. I will follow Jesus. Wherever the lamb goes, I will go. No matter the pain, no matter the doubts, no matter the sacrifice, I'm going to become a disciplined Christian. Point number two. Fueling your fire. Staying in revival. Point number two. Somebody kindles it. You have to keep it. Somebody will start the fire. It's your logs. It's your sticks. That'll keep the fire. In verse 2 of Acts 28 that we just read, it says the islanders, um, in other translation it says the, the natives. So whoever from that island, they built the fire. Somebody else did it. Someone else in your life will build the fire. It could be a conference. It could be a Sunday morning experience like today. It could be a crisis. It could be a situation in your, in your life that kindles the fire. Maybe you felt something. You felt an encounter. And you feel like my life is never going to be the same. So you got to understand, someone kindles it. Someone starts it. In this case, the islanders started the fire, but the islanders cannot keep it. The encounter moments cannot keep that fire. You have to find yourself some logs of wood. In Leviticus 6.12, Leviticus 6.12, the fire, read with me, the fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must never go out. Each morning, the priest will add fresh what? To the fire and arrange the burnt offering on it. He will then burn the fat of the piece of wood. So when the tabernacle was finished and they offered everything, God is, brings down His presence and He just zaps the whole thing with lightning and fire. And, and a supernatural fire started. It wasn't somebody matching, starting with a match. or It was a supernatural. God always starts fires. But God doesn't keep them. And that's the reason why three days after the retreat, you're not the same on fire like you were before. Or, 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 or a, a day or two after church, you're, you're not the same. You felt the power of God. You fell under the power of God. And you felt like life is never going to be the same again. No. Nothing's going to change. In three days, you're going to be back to where you were before if you don't find yourself some logs. Everybody say logs. The islanders kindled the fire, but Paul went out looking for logs. Start putting logs into your fire. And that's why the fire kept going. See, Impartation without hunger will lead, lead you to disappointment. Impartation without desperation will lead you to disappointment. A lot of us have been disappointed because we're going from 
Instead of going from faith to faith, we go from meeting to meeting. We go from deliverance to deliverance. We go from spiritual highs to spiritual highs. We got to understand that a meeting or retreat or deliverance or, or even a healing is meant only to spark. It is only meant to spark the fire. It's not meant to keep the fire. Who keeps the fire going? Who? You do. I do. Your logs of wood keep the fire going. Your prayers, your fasting, your giving. And today I'm adding on the fourth weapon is your Bible reading. You're not going to keep your fire for God if you're not adding the log of wood of Bible reading. The meeting starts the fire, but the Bible reading keeps it. The Sunday experience starts the fire, but your fasting keeps it. Something else can start it, but you are the one who keeps it. In the Bible, we see two Saul's. One Saul from the Old Testament. He had a radical encounter, a crazy encounter with God. The Saul, the Saul from the Old Testament. But later in his life, we see that he, he started to walk away from God. Although he, his encounter with God was powerful. It, it was a bizarre, crazy encounter. I hope none of us will have an encounter like that because it was like really bizarre. And it wasn't like a cute encounter. Like you want to just fall, you know, like. But he was like burning hot. God zapped him. He gets up from that encounter and he goes back to doing the same exact thing he used to do. Fast forward at the end of his life. See that at the end of his story, he lost his faith. But on the other hand, we see another Saul in the New Testament. He was famous for torturing and killing Christians. He, he was messed up in every way. He was disqualified in every way. But God encounters him in a radical way. God speaks to him. He hears the audible voice of God and he goes blind for three days. But check this. When Saul got up from that encounter, he got filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. He got baptized. He joined a local community of believers. He started to preach. Although he faced extreme dangers, he kept moving forward. And, Paul, and, and Saul now becomes Paul the Apostle. The old Saul in the Old Testament, he, he dies as an imposter and faithless. He even goes to a witch at the end of his life. But the New Testament Saul who becomes Paul, he becomes a role model for us. He becomes a revivalist. And at the end of his life, he writes two-thirds of the New Testament that you and I are still reading. So which Saul are you? Both had radical encounters. Both got experiences that you and I are, are, are after. But that only starts it. But where you end up depends on how hard and how hot the fire touches you. It, it doesn't depend on how hot and how, how, how much the fire touches you. But it depends on how much you're willing to lay down your personal pride. How much you're willing to not allow laziness and go after him. What I'm trying to say is, Monday, you get some logs. Tuesday, you get some logs. Come on, Wednesday, you get some logs. Sing with me. Thursday, it's easy song, you get some logs. Friday, you get some logs. Saturday, come on. What's up this Saturday? Sunday, you get double the logs, amen? You just keep getting logs every day. And then a few years down the road, you look back and you realize your fire is not bigger, but it's hotter. Others who don't bother getting logs every day, they keep coming back and asking, please light me up. Why? Because like the five foolish virgins, 
They don't have oil in their life. They were not prepared. They were not building. They were not fueling the fire. They were not walking in revival every day. So today I want to challenge you. When your church has a prayer meeting, you got to be at the prayer meeting. Oh, this Thursday we're starting our prayer meeting back up. What a coincidence. We used to do weekly and it was just too many people joining. Zoom crashed. I wish I could say that. So we took a little break. We're going to start monthly. Thursdays, 8 p.m. We're going to do in person and online if you really can't make it. And starting this Thursday, Pastor Aaron will tell you more about it. But we're going to do that. So when your church has a prayer meeting, you need to be there. When your church does a fast, you need to mentally prepare to be part of that fast. If God is stirring up your heart to invite your unbelieving friends, this is your moment. This is your time. We don't know when Jesus is coming back. Loving people don't let their loving friends go to hell. You and I have a circle of influence. We need to tell them about Jesus. Not in an annoying, obnoxious way, but in a loving, sacrificial, serving way. Jesus is coming back. This is your moment to gather the logs and keep your fire going, to keep moving forward. You may not be a pastor, but you're a priest of God. Put the word on the altar every day. Put the word of fasting every day. Put the word of Bible reading and prayer and giving on your altar every day. Point number three. Fire will bring out the snakes. When you start to build fire, snakes will come out. Your life won't get better. It will get worse. This is the thing. We deceive ourselves. We say things like, oh, if I only get closer to God, then my life will get better. How many of you have tried to evangelize to people like that? Just come, just come to church. Your life will get better. And then they come to church and their life gets worse. Like yours. Because nowhere in the Bible it says that come to church or come to Jesus, your life will get better. Maybe it's a, it's a sales tactic, maybe, is it? Recruit people for Jesus at all costs and partial lies. Your life will usually get worse because God is not a vending machine. He's not a genie. God is to be worshipped. Not used. And many of us, we drop God because God doesn't give us what we ask Him to give us. We drop God because God is never the one we wanted. He was just something we use as a means to a goal and God hates, God hates to be used. Maybe if we stop using God for our selfish needs, maybe then He'll start using us for His divine purpose. The only secret to being used by God is stop using Him and fall in love with Him. So when you're in the valley, you love Him. When you're on the mountaintop, you love Him. When you're healthy, you love Him. When you're sick, you love Him. When you're broke, you love Him. When you're balling, you love Him. When, when, when you're shattered, you love Him. When your heart is full, you love Him. When your heart broken, you love Him. When all seems lost, you love Him. And that's why you build fire. Because you were created for God. And the first commandment is to love Him. And we love him because he loved us first. He laid down his life. Like he paid for your mess up, for my mess up, for my failures. He paid it so that we can be forgiven. So that we can receive eternal life. 
When you build a fire, something begins to happen. Problems that were always suppressed, God will bring them to the surface. The fire didn't create a snake. The fire only exposed the snake that was already there. So don't blame God. Oh man, since I got closer to God, all hell broke loose. No, honey. All hell didn't break loose because you got close to God. It was because the snake was already in there, honey. You did not walk in obedience to God. And when you finally stopped going with the flow, you got resistance. When you play a sport like soccer, I love soccer. I know my brother Dinesh loves soccer too. We play soccer. And when I get the soccer ball, we say football, Dinas, right? We don't say soccer. What is it, soccer? It's a football. That's the real word. I get the ball. I get the ball. Now all of a sudden, the opposite team is like targeting me. They are eyeing me. I'm like, what's up? I'm just trying to get, why don't you guys help me to take the ball to the net? But they're trying to tackle me. They're trying to foul me. They're trying to get rough with me they're trying to take me down but you got to persevere you got to keep kicking the ball you got to keep going forward towards the net you have to finish it you have to overcome that resistance you have to overcome that offense because the opposite team is playing against you check this at first the fire will make you warm and then the warfare starts so I don't want you to get stressed out. I have encouragement coming, okay? Like, 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 come to church. He's saying there's snakes. Like, get on fire for God, but then there's snakes. Just hang in there. Buckle up your seatbelt. Your pants are low anyway, so just pull it up, put our seatbelt on. I'm going to encourage you in just a moment. Because some of you are wondering, like, what's the point? Like, I just want a peaceful life. That's what I told God. I'm like, I'll serve you. Just give me a peaceful life. Like, I don't want no drama. I just want a quiet life. I don't want to provoke no snakes. But listen, if there's something that is not of God going on in your life, isn't it better that it comes out? Where there's no flame, the snake is operating quietly. But the snake is still there. Isn't it better if it comes out? But when the fire comes in, the fire doesn't bring the snakes. It exposes what's already there. And it brings it to the surface. So don't blame your church. Don't blame your walk with God. Don't blame your praying that it made your life worse. What it did is it exposed something that needed to be dealt with before it got worse. Write this down. If the fire exposes it, that fire can kill it. If the fire exposes it, that fire can kill it. The truth is everybody gets attacked, but not everybody knows how to walk in dominion. If you don't have revival fire in your life, you have to depend on somebody else's fire to get your snake off of your hand. And many of us come to church and we want to drop our, our, our snake in, in somebody else's fire. We, we, we come to the minister, we come to our, our team leader, and we want them to pray us out of that snake that is showing up when we're trying to get on fire for God. We want to drop it in somebody else's bonfire. And then we go home and the attacks start again. Attacks continue in our lives. But what God wants to teach us is not to depend on the fire of your pastor or your mother or your leader, but to build your own fire in your life. That if something comes against you, if something attacks you, 
You have a place to drop that. You have a place to drop that snake into. You have a place to drop that depression into. You have a fire to drop that suicidal thoughts into. You have a fire to drop that nightmare into. You have a place, you have a fire to drop that shock and trauma into. You have a fire to drop the attack of the enemy into. You got to have your own fire. You cannot live on your mom's fire. So you no longer depend on deliverance, but you walk in dominion. You walk in authority. People are saying, deliver me. But you say, God, revive me. God, spark that fire. God, increase that fire. Help me to walk in authority because I know who God says I am. Yeah, we even sang that today. I'm a child of God. I know who I am. I'm not orphaned. I'm not abandoned. I'm not helpless. I'm not hopeless. I know who I am. And I am who God says I am. And what he says I am. I can't stop there. And where he says I'm at, I know who I am. I know my authority in Christ. I need to stand my ground. I need to shake the things up that are trying to bite me. Whatever is making the chair move in the night or whatever is causing the books to fall off the shelf or whatever is bringing fear to you, you got to take authority and say, I command it in Jesus' name to leave right now. You have that fire. You have that authority. Amen? And you can command it. Get out in Jesus' name. You don't need to call me. You don't need to call nobody. You take authority. Because when you're building a fire, you have authority to deal with snakes. God never created you for deliverance. He created you for dominion. He created you for authority. God created Adam and Eve and he said, be fruitful and multiply and have dominion. Subdue. Have authority. When Jesus came to the earth, he said, behold, I give you authority to trample upon snakes and scorpions. But you cannot walk in dominion if you don't have devotion. You cannot fight the enemy if you don't have fire. That's why I'm challenging you today. Build a fire. Even if it will expose problems in your life, continue to burn, continue to fight, continue to press in. Don't lose heart and you will see the great victory. Hallelujah. Yeah. Do you know why the enemy is attacking you? Because the very hand that bit Paul the very snake that bit Paul's hand was the hand that God planned to use. In verse 8, we're not going to go back, but in verse 8, we see that the hand of Paul is what God was going to use to bring healing to the sick. So the very hand that God chose is the very hand the enemy bit. The snake will attack what God intends to use. The enemy attacks your mind because God intends to use your mind. The enemy attacks your life because God intends to use your life. The enemy attacks your family because God wants to use your family. The enemy attacks your health because God intends to use you. The enemy attacks your finances because God intends to use you. But don't get intimidated. Don't get scared. It's not because something is wrong with you or in your life. Don't get discouraged, but stand up. Rise up. And when we started this series, we, 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 we read that scripture. It's time to rise up. It's time, time to awaken and rise up and let the light of Christ shine on you. You're a mighty man of God. I don't know if your mom ever said that to you or your dad said that. You're a mighty man of God. You're a mighty woman of God. Can you declare that over you right now? Come on, right now. I am a mighty child of God. I have been given authority by Jesus. Yeah, receive it.
Receive it. Don't get intimidated. Maintain the revival fire in your life by daily adding logs. I'm wrapping up. Worship team, you can come up. Be a priest. Build an altar in your life. And you will see every snake destroyed. You will see every depression destroyed. Build an altar. Be a priest in your life. And you will see every suicidal thoughts be destroyed in Jesus' name. Every generational curse will be destroyed in Jesus' name. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. Because you are a fire-breathing, authority-walking, domineering disciple of Jesus. Let's rise to our feet. We're going to pray. Thank you, God. Let's put our hands on our heads. And we're going to pray for ourselves. Lord, I thank you for every altar that's being built in this house in Jesus' name. God, I thank you for choosing me. Lord, I thank you for breaking generational curses. Lord, I thank you for bringing me closer to you. Come on. Lord, increase the hunger for fasting. God, increase my passion for Jesus. Lord, increase my, my desire for Bible reading and devotion. Lord, you are ra raising up warriors, mighty men and women, God. You're raising up in this house. And, uh, and this house will not just be a house of worship and preaching, but this house will be a house of prayer. Your personal home, your personal car will be a house of prayer. Hallelujah. Come Holy Spirit. Open our eyes, God. Increase the fire, God. Thank you, Jesus. God, I thank you because our treasures are in heaven. God, we thank you because our labor is not in vain. Our faith is not in vain. Our hope is not in vain. You have given us a mission. And until our time comes, Father, help us to be faithful. We want to be like the Saul who became Paul. Not the Old Testament Saul. We want the New Testament Saul. We want to be revivalists in our own way that you've created us to be, in our own uniqueness. Lord, help us to deny ourselves and pick up the cross and follow you. We want to be like Jesus. We want to love people like Jesus. We want to see them like Jesus. We want to pray for them and love them the way you do, God. Revive us. You can put your hand down. Before we worship again, I want to give you an invitation. If you've never welcomed Jesus into your heart, if you've never said yes to the Lord Jesus, today's the day to do that. Or you walked away from Jesus. You maybe grew up in church, you know about God, but then worries of life and, and pain of life and, and discouragement and snakes and different things may have taken you away, but today God is calling you home. If that's you, on the count of three, I want you to put your hand up. Because I want you to have a clear understanding that it's not by our good works that we are saved, that we become qualified to go to heaven. No, it's by placing our trust in Jesus. All of our good works is filthy rags, is no good. Not presentable in front of a holy God. But when we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that Jesus is Lord, that Father God raised Him from the dead, we shall be saved. And God loves you so much that He's given you free will. So on the count of three, whether it's your first time or the thousandth time, 
rededicating your life to Jesus, I want you to shoot your hand up. All eyes closed. Nobody's looking. I need to know who I'm praying for. So on the count of three, I want you to put your hand up. One, two, three. Shoot your hand up right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see you. Thank you. You can put your hand down. And at Next Level Church, nobody prays alone. So we're going to pray together as a family. Because there's a party up in heaven right now. Hallelujah. Let's pray together. Repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I welcome you into my heart. I believe you are God. That you died for my sins. Wash me clean. Sanctify me. My life is no longer my own. But I surrender it to you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I am yours. Revive me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Can we give a clap to Jesus? Let's celebrate. We're going to worship God.